Okay, seeing things slow down, I think we can go ahead and get started. Thank you everyone for joining us this evening for the second webinar in our spring webinar series. My name is Heather Deer. I'm the Director of Parent and Family Programs here at William & Mary, um, and we love providing these hour-long conversations with you so you can learn a little bit more about a program, department, or resource here at William & Mary. I'm very excited and don't want to take up too much of their time um, that we have the team from the Charles Center with us this evening to talk about all of the wonderful mentored research opportunities, um, grants and more. I know it's going to be a good overview of all of the programs offered from the Charles Center. Um, so with that, I will turn it over to all of you. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'm excited to learn alongside our families this evening. Good evening, and thank you for having us. Um, we were going to start off with a few just introductions of ourselves um, to the whole, and then we'll get started with our presentation. I'll start it off. I am Monica Griffin, Director of Engaged Scholarship and the Sharp Community Scholars Program within the Charles Center. And I'll say to my left is Kate. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to speak with you tonight. Uh, my name is Kate Patterson, and I'm the Undergraduate Research Program Administrator in the Charles Center, and I also direct the Monroe Scholars Program. And I'll hand it over to Maxwell next. Hi, everybody. My name is Maxwell Klo. Um, I'm a program coordinator for the Charles Center, working specifically with the Sharp Community Scholars Program, as well as our various research internships and our journalism programs. And I will pass it to AJ and finish us off. And I'm AJ, um, Anthony Joseph, but I go by my initials. And I am the program coordinator for WM Shore, which is the William & Mary Scholars Undergraduate Research Experience. Okay. So um, we're, our goal tonight is just to give you an overview of our programs in the Charles Center, as well as a few specific updates uh, about what we do um, in terms of supporting undergraduate research, but in particular, as it relates to our initiatives and programs. So you wanna go to the next slide. So the Charles Center was established in 1986 with private funding, and we support undergraduate research with that funding through grants and other kinds of um, travel support and initiatives um, that support high impact experiential learning. And we can go into more detail about the many ways that takes place in the, in the Charles Center. Um, but essentially the takeaway here is that we aim to transform students' lives through curated research experiences. Next, please. A major formula for success in that transformation is that we combine research with mentoring to create transformative experiences. And I just want to read briefly what the Council on Undergraduate Research defines as research so that you know what we mean by uh, research. It refers to a mentored investigation or creative inquiry conducted by undergraduates that seeks to make a scholarly or artistic contribution to knowledge. And one of the important ways that the Charles Center does this is by combining that experience with faculty mentorship or mentorship from other um, external institutions or experiences that um, we have curated as well as partnered with and sometimes um, really developed um, long-term relationships with. Next. One out of every five William & Mary undergraduates pursues mentored research through Charles Center experiences and we always aim to, to increase that already in, incredible number. Um, those are students who are largely funded by the Charles Center, as well as um, are part of our scholars programs that we'll go into more detail about. Um, but research support is available to all students at William & Mary. And so we're always exploring new ways um, to support students. And we, we can describe some of that in our next slide. When we think about the idea of um, mentored investigation or creative inquiry, um, one of the ways that that's implemented in the Charles Center is to encourage all students to understand themselves in the picture, um, to see that it is for everyone and it is across majors. It can even occur outside of a student's major. If, if a student comes to us, um, majoring in a particular discipline or field and wants to explore something, um, the Trial Center is also supportive of that development um, and outcome. And so it's important for your students to know that, that they don't have to have a fixed honors thesis in mind or a culminating senior experience in order to be supported by the Trial Center. 
it can take many shapes across disciplines. Um, the traditional view of research is that it occurs in papers, but we support developing websites, um, artistic creations such as um, musicals or theatrical performances or um, uh, books, story maps, all kinds of, of outcomes. It can be action or outreach as part of a culminating product of research. And it can take place anywhere. Um, students often stay on campus because they have immediate access to their faculty, but um, they also can conduct research from their hometowns. They can conduct research around the world um, and in different uh, institutional settings as well. Next. Some of the benefits of research um, are listed here, but as you can imagine, um, we aim to make these experiences transformative for students in many ways, even beyond the outcomes of their research. So often in mentored capacities with faculty, but also sometimes with uh, other institutions and internships, students will develop skills that are highly desired by future employers. Um, they build relationships with faculty and with peers. There's often collaborative research that's a part of what we can support, um, both within labs and outside of labs in terms of other disciplines and ways of doing research. Um, we um, encourage, support, and cultivate students' understanding of research as something that contributes to a broader knowledge. Um, we hope that they learn a lot in the experience, but also that they are learning to articulate those um, findings or that new knowledge to others. Um, they gain important skills for graduate school, even applying for graduate school, vetting um, what kinds of, of graduate school they want to go to. Sometimes that research um, experience tells them, this is not the field I want to go into, or it helps them narrow a field in a way that is really important for a successful graduate school application. It gives them an important opportunity to explore interests, which is kind of the point of research is discovery. Um, and so we really like to cultivate it, that in our students. It's a safe place to think about um, new learning as a part of their experiences. And importantly, they get to pursue a, a passion. Sometimes that's an intellectual passion. Other times it can be a passion in social justice or a passion toward um, community um, or um, all kinds of change in addressing um, world issues. Next. I think this is for you, Kate. Yes, thank you, Monica, for starting us off so strongly. Um, so I want to highlight the different ways to set up a research project that students usually pursue, because I know that might be your next question. Well, this all sounds great, but how would my student even get started with pursuing a research opportunity? Um, so to highlight the different ways, um, a lot of times a you know, student who's new to research might kind of come under a professor's wing on an existing project that they're working on. So that could be in a laboratory if they are, uh, you know, in a STEM field um, or in social science, such as uh, psychology or linguistics, um, but could be, you know, they find um, a faculty mentor on campus, someone who's doing something that excites them, that they see what the mentor is already working on and and say, I'd really like to be a part of that. Would you take me on as a research assistant? So that's a really great way to get started. Um, sometimes in the social sciences or humanities or arts, um, a student might already be really excited about a potential research idea or topic. Um, and so then they would seek out um, a professor who would then guide them through that process, but they're the ones uh, who have originated that idea that they want to explore. Um, they have their own question that they're investigating. Um, if a student really doesn't know where to start, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, you know, how I feel about just kind of cold emailing faculty I don't know, or um, showing up at their office hours, they can always look back at who they really enjoyed as an instructor. Um, so if they took a call course or a different course, maybe in their major, um, they could uh, reach out to that instructor and say, hey, I really enjoyed, you know, um, studying this aspect of your class. Um, I'd love to do a whole research project on it. Would you work with me? And I think that would be tremendously flattering um, for that instructor to, to hear that. And then finally, um, internships. Uh, the Charles Center supports a number of really excellent research-based internships. Um, so 
pairing with an external institution um, while they're kind of getting that work experience, they're also conducting a research project at the same time. So it's really the best of, of both worlds as they explore their particular field. So now I want to pivot to highlighting some of the specific opportunities that the Charles Center actually offers. Um, so one where the deadline is coming up uh, pretty soon on February 19th, um, but still enough time to get it all together, um, is our Charles Center Summer Research Grant. And so this offers $3,000 for seven weeks of full-time summer research. Um, and the student can really use that $3,000 as they wish, you know, to, to kind of make up for not working during that time or to pay for ha uh, housing or travel, for instance. Um, it's really up to them how they want to spend that money. Um, so the student would develop a research proposal and find a faculty mentor, and then they would apply uh, for that funding to support that project. Um, so, you know, any sophomore, junior, um, or sorry, freshman, sophomore, or junior are eligible to apply. Um, any major or discipline are eligible to apply. Um, again, kind of to emphasize what Monica said earlier, this project could be conducted pretty much anywhere. Um, so I've listed a few of the different examples. Um, so that can offer some flexibility depending on where they might already be over the summer. Um, and so that application is due, like I said, February 19th, and we try to get decisions back by early April. Another opportunity um, if your student is a current junior would be to do departmental honors. Um, and so this would be a, essentially a senior thesis project. It's kind of a little bit like a graduate school thesis because they do spend the whole year working on that project under the supervision of a faculty mentor. They take um, essentially six credit hours, uh, three in the fall and three in the spring to work on that project. And eventually they would actually um, defend, uh, do an oral defense to the examining committee. And then their uh, thesis is actually archived in SWIM library. Um, so it's a really great, um, you know, deep level research experience. We also offer funding through the Charles Center um, if your student would like to get a summer head start between junior and senior year, we offer $4,000 for 10 weeks of summer research. Um, and again, that application would be due February 19th. Um, so they should already have started that um, process by applying for their honors thesis through their department before applying for the fellowship. So just to kind of set the order of operations there. Um, if your student is very passionate about uh, creating and, um, you know, pursuing the arts uh, through maybe theater, creative writing, visual arts, um, music, the Catron would be a really great opportunity to explore. Um, so that is where they develop a $5,000 uh, maximum budget to pursue some kind of off-campus um, experience during the summer. So we've had people go do a writing retreat um, or some kind of, um, you know, painting masterclass. Uh, we had a student this year actually go to the UK to do a Shakespeare Actors Consortium. Um, a student went to Italy for a costuming institute. So people have done some really amazing things. Um, so that's definitely something to look into if your student wants um, to just spend some concentrated time over the summer developing their artistic passion. Um, they get to come back to campus and actually present their work um, in a special exhibition and reception. Um, and that's also coming up uh, in February. So this application is due on March 4th. They've got a little bit more time um, to put that together. So one thing that is really exciting about the Charles Center is that we offer a number of different opportunities for our students to share out their research experiences or artistic um, experiences. Um, it's a really great practice, I think, for any field to be able to give an elevator pitch about what you've been working on, to explain to a layperson in two minutes who just comes up to you um, to talk about your work. That's really, really valuable um, just on a communication skill development basis. Um, but as you can see listed on the slide, we have a number of research 
symposia that occur during every year that are open to, to anyone in the community to come and listen to our students present on their research. I mentioned the Catron exhibition and reception. Um, coming up in April, we've got our WM Sure undergraduate research conference that AJ could tell you more about. And then finally, um, and this is new this academic year, we have the Research in Motion travel grants. Um, so this is a fund if your student is traveling to a professional conference uh, to present their research or if they need to travel um, to do, do actually part of their research. So maybe they need to go to a library or archive um, or a historic site um, or just, you know, they have some need to go outside of William & Mary, they can put in a proposal uh, to actually be funded up to $1,500 um, to support that travel experience. So we're really excited to introduce that this year. And there's been a whole lot of um, interest in that from students. And now I'm going to hand it over to Maxwell to tell you about our research internships. Wonderful. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, so in addition to the sort of mentored but largely independent research that we offer through the summer research grants and all the other wonderful things that Kate mentioned, we also offer a number of uh, various research internships that are on one end, they're internships, they're for professional development, you're working in a professional capacity, gaining those skills, making those connections. But at the same time, because we're with the Charles Center and undergraduate research is our thing, um, these internships are also rooted in research and research will be a central component in the work that they're doing. Um, so all of our research, all of our re research internships are funded uh, $4,000 for 10 weeks over the summer. Um, and we have a multitude of various internships. The first one is the Woody um, Internship in Museum Studies, which we've partnered with 10 different museums, most of which in Virginia, a handful outside of the state um, that are really on the cutting edge of public history and museum work. And so the interns there are working with public history, they're working with art history, they're working with archaeology, they're working with education and outreach. Um, this picture that you see here is from one of our students in the summer of 2023 who was interning with the uh, Colonial National Historical Park in Yorktown, um, and she's doing archaeology work. Uh, the next one is the City Research Scholars Internship. So kind of like the Woody Internship, we've partnered with 10 to 11 different community organizations in and around Williamsburg, as well as the Williamsburg City Government working on some of the major initiatives that are addressing major issues being faced by the city as a whole. Um, so some of these include working with local food pantries to develop new software for tracking their clients and for tracking their volunteers. Um, others might be working on research, um, writing up a report for the city that they'll use as the foundation for an initiative around smart cities or around climate, like climate reduction. Um, so that's the City Research Scholars Internship. And then the Journalism and Democracy Internship is a little bit different. So for this one, uh, interns come to us with their ideas, um, partnering with different media outlets and what kind of and devising a project over the course of the summer with those media outlets. And so in the past, people have worked with their local paper, for example, but others have gone with larger papers, working with um, places in D.C. or New York. And so those three internships that I've mentioned, the um, the deadline application, the application deadline for them has already passed. Those open up in the fall, November 1st to December 1st. Um, so if your student is interested in one of these, I recommend keeping an eye out around that time. And then the final internship is a new one, um, is the Sharp Action Research Internship. This is specifically for Sharp Scholars. So if your student is a Sharp Scholar, specifically a first year Sharp Scholar, um, this is something that will pertain to them. And kind of like the City Research Scholars, we've partnered with some local community organizations that are interested in supporting the work of a first year student. Um, and like the Journalism and Democracy Internship, if this first year student wants to bring in a community partner that they're aware of, to do that sort of research internship, this can be the space for that. Um, so again, the internships, they're a really good way to engage in a research project with a larger organization while also getting some hands-on professional skills. I think looking at our um, Woody internships in particular, about two thirds of our alumni who have participated in this internship are either in grad school for museum related things or are currently working in museums. So the connections that we can make here are really profound um, and they're funded. $4,000 for the summer isn't, uh, isn't anything to sneeze at. 
Okay, I'll take it over from here. And um, just as a recap, we curate and offer a range of workshops, events, and trainings that help cultivate the learning and lifelong learning of our scholars. Um, and there's a couple before you today that we're going to um, get more in depth with, but just an overview for now. Uh, the first is the William Mary Scholars Undergraduate Research Experience. That's my domain, which I'll tell you more about in a bit, which is open to all students. You have the Monroe Scholars, which is, uh, you know, your student can enroll or apply um, to for freshmen and transfer students, but they have to graduate no earlier than spring 2025. Um, and Sharp Action Research Scholarships, uh, excuse me, Research Internships, which Maxwell's already gone over with you as being only solely for Sharp uh, Scholars. So uh, my program that I um, coordinate, the William Mary Scholars Undergraduate Research Experience, um, it was created around the self-identified needs of William Mary Scholars back in 2010. So these were scholars who uh, come to the university who already receive at least in-state tuition fees to come to the university as part of their scholarship package, but they created a, a program around that to cater to their needs. Um, and a lot of that is to promote research and academic wellness. Um, and it's open to all students. So, you know, we like to say in our program, um, there are specific William Mary scholars, but anyone can enroll in the experience and be a WM Shore student, right? Our workshops, our events are open to all. Some of the programming and what that looks like is that we have a weekly Wednesday workshop from 4.30 to 6 p.m. where we offer them food because we know that's a critical time where students are going to eat. Um, we talk about different research topics, um, how to conduct your research, uh, uh, how to choose a topic. That's one of the ones that we actually discussed yesterday. Uh, we also talk about more in the fall, um, just getting adjusted to academic life and life on campus. Um, within that programming, we offer faculty advisors to help guide on their research journey. Um, so we have at this year, five faculty advisors, faculty fellows, we call them, that um, they can go to to ask their research questions and to help hone whatever um, research grant application that they want to submit. We also facilitate student networking with faculty and staff. Our program holds a, a plethora of, of um, resources across campus and different departments that we can reach out to and say, hey, we have a student that's very interested in this type of research. We may not have a faculty fellow for them per se, but we can definitely push them in that right direction. Um, as Kate said previously, we have the Undergraduate Research Conference, which is happening April 12th this spring. Um, and we're also exploring new ways to invite uh, prospective scholars and celebrate them because it's a very big deal to be accepted into this institution and have, um, you know, William Mary Scholar attached to your name. And then lastly, we, as I said before, we offer holistic support for our students in navigating college. So uh, what that looks like differs on, day to, uh, on a day to day. We have student fellows and a graduate assistant that are engaged directly in their mentorship. And then also my job as program coordinator, um, they can come to me at any time during our office hours from nine to five to ask any question, to help navigate any issue that they may face, whether on an academic, personal level, or otherwise. So we really just try to create a, a community around them so that they always know if there's one place that they can come to, it's definitely the WM Shore Suite. And then lastly, there's that QR code there that has a list of all of our workshops. So if your student um, is currently enrolled, they could be a freshman, first year, sophomore, junior, senior, they can come to one of these workshops and they can engage with WM Shore. Awesome. Well, now I'm going to uh, spend just a moment highlighting the Monroe Scholars Program. Um, so the vast majority of Monroe Scholars are selected um, at the time they are um, admitted to the university as a freshman. Um, so, so most of the Monroe Scholars are selected by admission um, before they even enter the university. So if your student is a Monroe Scholar, um, there are a few research opportunities specific to them. So freshmen are eligible to apply for a $1,000 grant to conduct three weeks of summer research. Um, just It's kind of almost like a pilot project, um, a kind of a getting your feet wet experience. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, talking about our research grants before, uh, they would find a faculty mentor and develop their own project proposal um, to apply for that $1,000. And that deadline would be March 4th. Um, for all sophomore or junior Monroes, um, they're guaranteed a one-time $3,000 grant to con conduct seven weeks of seven, um, 
summer research. And that deadline is also March 4th. Um, so if your student's a Monroe Scholar, they're a junior or a sophomore, and they haven't taken advantage of that grant, that's definitely something, you know, I would encourage them to, to explore uh, doing. So if your student's not a Monroe Scholar, but they'd like to be, um, if they're a freshman or a transfer student, we do have an entry point into the program. Um, so they would submit a research proposal through the Charles Center Summer Research Grant application, and that's the $3,000 for seven weeks of research. That's due February 19th. There's one additional essay question um, on the application that's optional, um, and it asks about uh, joining the Monroe Scholars community. Uh, what would you bring? Like, why would you be interested in being part of the program? Um, and we'll review those for entry into the program. So they could get the $3,000 grant, and they also now get to take part in the Monroe Scholars program. Um, and some of the advantages of that uh, would be we have a weekly um, programming component. We alternate between community building um, and social events and um, kind of professional and academic engagement. So that would include um, talks from current faculty and staff, um, connections with alumni, tours of different labs and research centers on campus. Um, so that's one big benefit. Uh, we have a conference travel fund that Monroe Scholars can apply for. Um, there's just a, a whole community um, they can tap into as well. Um, so definitely, if they're a freshman or a transfer student, um, definitely keep that on the radar if they want to try to enter the Monroe Scholars program. All right, now hand it over to Monica and Maxwell. So the Sharp Community Scholars Program, um, just a brief overview of how students um, become Sharp Scholars, since much of our upcoming opportunities are exclusive to Sharp Scholars. Um, once students have been admitted to William & Mary, they become eligible to apply for being a part of SHARP, which is a living learning community. That means that they are living in the same residence hall. Um, they also take courses that are specially designed to be community-centered, taught by our faculty, and call 100s and 150s across disciplines as wide-ranging as biology, history, environmental science, psychology, and so forth. Um, and also with our program, we have a, a set of wonderful peer mentors that are available um, to also assist them with getting resources in the Charles Center, but also in understanding different pathways for them to take within SHARP itself. One of those pathways is to be engaged in our upcoming workshop that Maxwell um, and I have curated. Maxwell does a splendid job of, of coordinating um, several partnerships. Do you wanna describe a few of those, Maxwell? Yeah, we have some really wonderful partnerships for both our workshops and um, some of the various mini internships that we offer over the course of the spring semester. So these partnerships include um, community organizations, um, including the Village Initiative, um, as well as House of Mercy, Williamsburg Community Growers, we've all partnered with in the past, um, as well as various um, campus organizations, including Steve Prince, one of our artists in residence, um, uh, Oh, my, my mind's going blank. Pardon me, iGEM, um, which is a, an applied science team on campus, um, as well as a handful of various kind of blended community and campus academic projects, including the Lemon Project, um, the Brace School Lab, um, the LGBTQ History Project, um, and uh, the Office of Community Engagement or the Civic Office of Civic and Community Engagement and some of the various projects that they have as well. So really across the board of Sharp Scholars, if your student is one, um, they're interacting with a ton of really, really interesting and really meaningful community organizations that are doing cool work that's blending not only community engagement, but also research and academic inquiry. Thank you, Maxwell. So many of our students uh, take courses in the first semester together and in the second semester this spring, um, over half the program is now working within some of those partnerships in miniature sort of research internships that are local. Um, we aim this year to uh, extend that possibility in the summer with Sharp Action Research Internships, where very similar to the other internship programs, um, students will have the opportunity to work with that select group of, of partnerships or propose others if, if, if it's viable um, in terms of supporting their uh, research development as, as we've described. Um, 
we aim to make sure those experiences are um, valuable to our students, imbibing you know quite a few of those values that we've mentioned earlier in this presentation. And so we're looking forward to seeing how those partnerships expand and how students' experiences um, are impactful. Okay, um, and I think just to highlight um, a few, I guess I should say, miscellaneous uh, Charles Center opportunities, um, a new uh, research grant that we have uh, this year, and it's actually more of a, a conference and program attendance grant than a research grant, I should say, is the Boswell Karaki uh, Material Culture Study Fund. Um, and so that's specifically for students to attend programs sponsored through the Decorative Arts Trust and the Museum of Early Southern Decorative Arts. Um, so they offer a lot of really neat, engaging programming. Um, sometimes the registration fees or the travel to that program could be cost prohibitive, um, but we're able to offer up to $1,000 uh, for students to uh, travel to attend those programs if they're interested in, in that specific area. We also offer semester research grants uh, during the academic year. They can apply for during the fall semester. Um, so that $500 could be used towards an ongoing research project that they're working on. Um, and those applications usually open up at the beginning of the fall. Um, and then I will let, I think, Maxwell talk about the Sharp Journalism Seminar. Yes, so um, another kind of cool seminar program that the Charles Center administers is the Sharp Journalism Seminar. Um, so this is a four credit course that takes place over the course of your fall and spring semesters in which we partner with the Pulitzer Center, um, which is a news organization out of DC. Um, and we said we bring in visiting journalists that work with students over the course of those two semesters to do the research, to do the reporting and to do the travel and to do the writing for a long form journalistic piece of their own. Um, and the Charles Center additionally is able to um, provide the funding for those students doing the traveling. This past winter break, we had students travel to Greece. We had students travel to Egypt. We had students travel nearby to Norfolk, um, so to DC. So students are really writing some really cool pieces and they're really doing some really exciting research work, but also the sort of journalistic work. And if your student is interested in participating in this seminar, applications are gonna go live late March, early April. So keep an eye on the Charles Center website as well as various Charles Center newsletters and listservs. Um, I'll be sure to get the word out as much as I can for that. Um, also, this isn't listed on this slide, but if your student is interested in pursuing a graduate career in journalism, we have a fund, the uh, Sizemore, the Sizemore Junior Fund, um, which was provided by one of our alums that provides up to $36,000 for any graduating senior who is immediately going into a graduate program for journalism. Um, so if that's something that your student is interested in, um, definitely consider it and that funding is there. Some past alums who have participated in this funding are working with the Washington Post. They're news anchors for ABC. They're really getting out there into the world and doing cool things with their journalistic, uh, their journalistic learning that they're doing. Well, to just wrap things up, um, we have a lot of different ways to contact us uh, to follow up listed here. And the picture is of our wonderful director, Dr. Elizabeth Harbour, and I should give her a shout out there. Um, but we'd love for you to follow us or have your student follow us on our Facebook or uh, Instagram account where we're always posting what opportunities are coming up or highlighting really cool things that students have done through the Charles Center. Um, I also want to take a moment to highlight a resource uh, for students who are trying to get involved with research, just even getting started or trying to apply for one of our opportunities. Um, we have two seniors who serve as our undergraduate research ambassadors, and they hold drop-in hours every week um, in the Charles Center in Blow Hall. They can also schedule appointments if your student has class during those times, um, but they can really try to answer any questions uh, like, you know, how do I craft an email to send to a professor I might want to work with? Or, um, you know, how would I develop my own research question? Um, they are both very experienced student researchers. Um, they started out as freshmen, just cold emailing professors and found opportunities that way and have traveled to conferences um, and applied for research grants. So they're very knowledgeable and they'd be a terrific um, peer resource for your student. 
And then finally, um, definitely encourage you to scan the QR code to sign up for our quarterly newsletter um, to just get great updates about what's happening in the Charles Center. Um, the nice thing about it is, is it only comes out four times a year, so it won't you know, spam your inbox, but just a nice um, update about what's going on with us and highlighting um, exciting things that are happening. So with that, I think we're ready to take any questions that you might have. Hey, thank you all. Um, I know just based on all of the wonderful opportunities you just shared, it does not surprise me that one in five William & Mary students will benefit from programs um, out of the Charles Center. And we do have a few questions. If, if you haven't submitted your question yet, we still have time. So you can drop those in the q and I'm going to try and weave us along in some sort of narrative through these questions. Let's see if I'm able to thread this needle as we go. Um, the first one I wanna start with though, maybe kind of starts at the beginning of the process, which is, does a student actually need a faculty mentor in order to complete research or engage in a research project? Um, I can try to start out with that one and my colleagues are welcome to chime in. Um, yes, having a mentor is a really important part of the process because um, they're going to really show the student the ropes of conducting that project, um, helping them learn the skills that you would use as a researcher, whether that's putting together a literature review or if that's learning certain lab techniques. Um, and they're going to really be a helpful resource and provide the student with the resources and tools um, they could use to conduct that project. Um, it also ensures that research is following best practices and conducted ethically, which is also a really important um, consideration for us. Um, so I would say that is a great, if, if you have to you know, try to figure out what would be the very first step, um, I think finding a, a helpful faculty mentor um, would be a great one. And I'm also gonna drop in the chat, just doing a little pre-research before our call. And there's a very, very handy guide on the website if your student is like, I don't even know, how does one approach a faculty member about being a mentor or engaging in research? And then what happens if they tell me no? Um, there's a really great resource on the website. So I'm gonna drop that in the chat here. It's a good one to maybe read over if your student is like, I'm interested in engaging in research, but I don't even know how to get started. Um, there's a really great resource on the Charles Center website for that. The next question kind of related being, if a student hasn't selected their major yet, could they still approach a faculty member if they're interested in a particular topic, but maybe they don't know what their major will be yet? I can hop in on this one, and, and the answer is yes. Um, in fact, through WM Shore, most of our students that enroll in the program are first years who are using these resources. and. Um, very few of them have their majors as of right now. So um, as long as you're passionate about the topic and have a great research question to start your application, um, you can conduct that research. Wonderful. I would just jump in really quick and add to that. I think research is an excellent way to identify if you want to even pursue that major. Um, so it can be used as a major exploration tool, but totally second everything AJ just said. I think that's a great way to approach it. And especially as families are probably having conversations with their students about, you know, what are you thinking of majoring in? Are you still are you still on that same path that you thought you were? I think research is a really great tangible way to just dive in a little bit and see if see if it fits or see if maybe there's an interest somewhere else. Um, what assistance along this vein as students are starting to engage in this process, maybe they're thinking of a topic, maybe they're having conversations with faculty members, are there any resources available to help students as they're crafting these applications, as they're thinking about having these conversations? I know we've talked about a lot of workshops, so I guarantee one of those workshops covers um, all of these things, but what resources would you point um, students to if they're needing a little assistance along the way? Yeah, so we have, uh, we typically leading up to any application deadline, we'll have a series of workshops on putting together your research grant. So recently we had um, the head of the Writing and Communication Center uh, do a workshop on how do you actually respond to each of these questions. Um, every fall we do a series of getting started in research workshops where we guide students through the process of, you know, 
what's your research question? How do you find a faculty mentor? Um, how do you go from there? Um, some of our workshops, especially the ones uh, pertaining to the grant applications, are recorded and uploaded onto our website so they can be found there. Um, but I would echo again, you know, at this point, if your student has questions, um, our research ambassadors are a good front line um, to start with. And anything that our research ambassadors don't know how to answer, you know, they're in our office suite, so they'll poke their heads into one of our offices and say, hey, can you help the student with this question? And we're like, yeah, of course, I'm happy to happy to help. Um, but I think if AJ wants to add anything about, I know the WMSure programming is also a terrific uh, resource to refer to as well. Yes, I mean, um, if they come to one of our workshops, our uh, faculty fellows are always there and they're always happy to pull somebody out and talk with them about um, their application and, and their um, research topic. Um, that can also easily start with just coming to the WM Shore Suite. Um, it's right in Blow Hall, Suite 236, um, on the side closest to Monroe and Chancellor's Hall. Um, so they can come there and talk to me first, and from there we can determine which professor to reach out to slash faculty advisor, uh, fellow, excuse me, to reach out to. Wonderful. I would love multiple insights into this question. We had a few questions submitted ahead of time just in preparation for our conversation this evening, and this one really struck me um, that, you know, really families thinking through how will my students' experiences aid them once they have left William & Mary and they are out in what we call the real world, um, and really just being curious, how are these research experiences and programs benefiting students to be employed, hopefully, at some point in time, um, and, and worrying that maybe spending time on research isn't where they should be spending their time. So I'd be very curious to hear from all of you, given that so many students at William & Mary in particular engage in some form of undergraduate research, how these experiences prepare them for their next step, whatever that may be. I can take this at first from the um, internship side of things. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier in the presentation, um, a lot of our interns, I would say an overwhelming majority of our interns end up in the field that they're interning in, whether that be in terms of a career path or whether that be in terms of grad school. Um, this is particularly evident with the Woody Internship and Museum Studies, which is our longest running program. We've been running that for about 10 years. And like I said, in that 10 years of the alums who have gone through the program, more than two thirds are working in museums now or are in grad school for museum work. But that being said, some of our newer programs are also showing the same sort of level of engagement. Um, we, The City Research Scholars is pretty new. This is only our second year doing it. Um, but already I've been in contact with a few of our students who participated in the internship last summer. Um, and they're ending up in grad school. They're ending up working in local city governments. They're ending up working in local nonprofits. So it's that same sort of place. And then with our Sharp Journalism program, um, I crunched the numbers on that, and about half of the students who have gone through that program um, and have done research and have done the work through that are working for journalism outlets. They're working in TV, they're working in print media, they're working in online media. Um, so in terms of that side of the Charles Center, these sort of experiential opportunities are really just the important first step for making not only the connections, but also sort of solidifying that initial knowledge of what it means to work in these kinds of fields. I could also offer a perspective, sorry about that, Kate, um, um, from Sharp Scholars Program. Uh, we've been around for a couple decades, actually, since 2001, and uh, the alumni uh, the, the majors are across the liberal arts tradition. There's no one major for community-based work or research. And, and in fact, it's in real life, multidisciplinary. So our students end up in fields like law, public policy, environmental science, education. Um, and the skills that I hear back from the alums have to do a lot with the ability to work in collaboration with others to get something done. Um, and sometimes that's being able to assess um, what needs to be known and what is known around the table. Sometimes that translates in terms of how best to build relationships such that it's not a singular effort that gets something done. Uh, sometimes that is about how to present knowledge to a public, especially those interested in public offices um, or agencies as a, as a career um, trajectory. 
um, and then to evaluate their experiences. Um, many students learn through SHARP and through trial and error and trying to work with community partners that, you know, shifts happen in the real world and in the community, and they adjust with that, those shifts and learn to um, adapt what was at one point a, a, a passionate research interest can become a collective orientation toward um, approaching a problem. Yeah, and to add to that, I'd like to share um, a result of a it was 2021 study by the American Association of Colleges and Universities, and they surveyed employers and found that 85% of employee, employers were more likely or somewhat more likely um, to want to hire students who had had undergraduate research experiences. So these are experiences that are highly desired by employers, just like an internship would be because there's so many great transferable skills that students would learn. Um, if you look at the list of competencies um, that employers are looking for, research will essentially provide most of those. So things like critical thinking, time management, um, teamwork, logically solving a problem, um, learning hard skills. You know, if your student, for example, is working in a lab. Um, all of those are just extremely desirable for a variety of careers. Um, so that's absolutely something they could put on their resume, talk about in an interview, mention in a cover letter. Um, in fact, usually over the summer for our local summer researchers, we have the Career Center do a whole workshop on putting your research experience on your resume because um, it's it's such a desirable thing um, for employers to see. Um, I think it's just helping students sometimes connect the dots about how to present that um, um, to employers. Um, in addition, you know, we keep mentioning this faculty mentorship thing. Um, you know, that's a great resource uh, for someone to provide a recommendation uh, for students to build that strong relationship there. Just showing up in class, they're probably not going to form that same level um, of, of closeness and forming that relationship where the, the mentor could really talk about their abilities. So it's absolutely a great preparation and exploration tool for careers. I think those are all wonderful points. And I would just add, I'm glad, Kate, you mentioned it, our Office of Career Development and Professional Engagement, they would be more than happy to sit down with any students who may be concerned about how their research experience will translate onto a resume or, or how it will maybe benefit them. I know that, you know, internships are are something that many of our students are thinking about. They're thinking about their summer. They're thinking about how they're building up those resumes. And if that's something that your particular student, if you're listening, is a little concerned about, that's a great resource as well. So I would just echo that sentiment. AJ, did you have something to add there? I was just going to add the multiplier effect of the direct impact that their research can have and what that can mean to an employer. Um, and a lot of our students um, engage in research that one, they're very passionate about, and two, can have direct impact in the, the city of Williamsburg or wherever they are around the, the globe doing this research or doing this internship. So the fact that you have not only good research, but research that has a direct impact that you can speak to um, definitely makes a much more of an experience, um, a difference in um, the job world. All right, I'm going to close this out with one last question. So we've talked about how does a student even begin this process? Um, how will it benefit them in the long term? How do they decide um, what kind of research they will they will take on and who their mentor will be? Um, so they fall in love with the process, right? They fall in love with this um, this process of research and engaging in this um, co-curricular experience, this extracurricular experience. Can a student apply and do more than one research experience while they are at William and Mary? Does a limit exist? No, we definitely encourage students. Um, we would love to have them back um, in the subsequent summer or semester to continue to apply for funding through the Charles Center. Our only caveat is just to ensure that we can provide support to the greatest number of students possible. They can only receive one funding opportunity from us per summer. So for example, if somebody received the Woody Museum internship, then they wouldn't be able to do a research grant in that, uh, or, re or receive a research grant from us in that same summer, but we would love to have them the next summer 
um, apply for that and also receive that grant. So yes, we we love our students who come back, you know, summer after summer um, and keep taking advantage of the opportunities here and continue a research uh, endeavor throughout their whole time at William & Mary. We're, we'd be so excited for them to do that. And I'd like to add to that, um, how students enter research comes through a number of pathways um, and there are ways to do it you know, at the full-blown level that we're talking about, funded um, research with faculty mentorship. Um, some students start smaller. If your student is one who's a little shy about the big R research um, endeavor and is still formulating an idea, sometimes students can approach faculty for um, a limited number of credit hours for independent study. It's a nice way to form a relationship, a research relationship with a faculty member. Sometimes that takes the form of doing readings in a particular area and then preparing to submit a grant uh, for summer research. So if they need sort of a, a slower on-ramp, that's one way to, to do it. I've just enjoyed proctoring and, and, and supervising an honors thesis with a sharp scholar that I worked with from her very first year in independent studies. And so it, there, there are many ways to scaffold into research experiences and, and to return to the Charles Center in the way that Kate talked about. Okay, I think that's all we have time for this evening. I know there are a few questions that are still left unanswered, so you can always reach out to us at families at wm.edu, and I'm happy to forward your questions along. And I know that on the Charles Center website, there's robust contact information if you have questions or you just want to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, one of our families um, submitted in the Q&A, thank you so much for a wonderfully informative session, and I will echo that sentiment Thank you so much for such a robust and, and great overview of all of the programs and resources available through the Charles Center. The session was recorded. It will be available on our YouTube channel and maybe not tomorrow because we'll be busy celebrating William and Mary's birthday, um, but maybe on Monday it will be uploaded to our YouTube channel where you can watch it back as many times as you need um, to take in all of the great information. So thank you all um, so much for being here with us. Thank you families for joining and we will see you on the next one. Goodbye, everyone.